Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to The Secret Friends Unite, episode 320. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host on this journey in the world of nerd. I'm Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Carden. Flippity flop and floppity flip. Sunny Saturday here in Michigan. Uh, we're, we're on the precipice of uh, Easter, and Easter is uh, my, uh, the same day this year as my wife's birthday, April the 4th. So little, little double celebration. We're going to go out uh, to a little local establishment called Meyer Gardens. They have their butterfly exhibit. And so it should be a nice little day and 70 degrees, which is like pretty rare here and at all in, in the month of April. So I'm kind of fired up about that. It's going to be a good weekend. Very, very good. And then we are joined by a friend of ours. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you get your green jacket this time, but Joseph Moran, what's your bad bit? <laughs> From the PlayStation Trophy Room podcast and also co-op cast. Ooh. A little trademark violation, Joe. You didn't ask. Uh, our bill will be in the mail for all your proceeds. Shit. Stone cold. Okay. Well, I was going to start with floppity flop and floopity flop. <laughs> What's up on this beautiful <laughs> April morning? I'm going to be honest with you guys. Oh, boy. That name for that podcast. <sighs> it's oh, the big side. <laughs> The big side. It's been it's it's literally had nine names, <laughs> and when we had one, I did not think of your podcast at the time. We had we had I think it was like like what was it? I, I forget what the the name was, but we literally had to swap like swap the words around because someone much larger had literally made their podcast the same name the day before. So, you know. It, it's it's been it's been a hard one <laughs> but yeah I'm, I'm happy to be here um my lawyers will talk to your lawyers <laughs> and we'll, we'll, settle, we'll settle it all yeah we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make a deal Joe. we'll make a deal okay cool yes i'll give yes. you royalties you know well, perfect i love that um you know and we we have joe on because we talked about um joe is a big uh, Kong Godzilla fan. So that's what we're going to really be. The big topic of the show will be the Kong versus Godzilla spoiler cast at the very end of the show. But, you know, we, we had to, we had to find a man who, who, who is torn between apes and lizards and we'll see where he stands at the end. Is yeah. that like the classic seventies uh, AM gold tune torn between two lovers or the misheard lyric version of it torn between two cupboards? <laughs> no judgment. No. You know what? L- l- life is, is full of splendor, so it's, life is too short to judge. Maybe legal in some states. Who knows? We'll have to look it's, into that. I, I I think it's entirely possible. Yes, yes. So uh, episode 320, uh, we looked for a cover that matches the episode number, and that is Detective Comics 320. And I love this cover because it makes no sense. This is Wacky Batman back in the, <laughs> 1963. Uh, it's basically Batman and Robin, the mummy crime fighter. The woman screams at the back. It's Batman and Robin. But why are they wearing those mummy costumes? Wouldn't we all like to know? Well, like to know. you know, you know, for the most occasions when I'm stepping out wearing my mummy costume, and I, I love to tell you it's less than more, but it happens a lot. Uh, it, you know, it's kind of a private affair. You know, pe- people are too busy getting involved in other people's business. So when I'm jumping out, I'm wearing a cape and cowl and a, a, a yellow belt uh, head to toe, and I'm out swinging on the line through Gotham City. Um, just let me do my thing. I'm not going to hurt anybody. I might actually end up helping out, but you'll mm. never know 
if you're getting in my way. So just don't do it. Yeah, it's funny because it says a device in an alien spacecraft turns Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson's skin green. So they wrap themselves in mummy-like bandages to conceal their secret identities while the fighting crime is Batman and Robin. How much of Batman's body is not covered with the costume already? Just his just his jaw and, and that's about it, right? But Robin, he's he's got the, the, the short shorts and the short sleeves. So, I mean, I could understand him having more like leggings and a long sleeve shirt. But Batman, why do you need to do that? <laughs> You know, I'll tell you, if, uh, if if there was to be a Batman and Robin between Todd and I, uh, there's no doubt who would be Robin, Todd. <laughs> Charlie, you would be the tallest Robin there ever was. Oh, come on. I actually, that's the, my, my, my very first cosplay story in life was when I was three or four years old, Halloween. Uh, my brother and I, my brother is uh, almost two years older than I am. We were going to do Batman and Robin. He declined to be Batman and instead chose to be Robin. He didn't want to wear the tights. How little did he know that, obviously, I'm a huge cosplayer, but he also does dabble in cosplay as well. There might even be tights involved, who is to say. Things come full circle. But I have been Batman before. I haven't been since, but I've recently been, since our departure from a cosplay group we were part of for a lot of years, which had a uh, no more Batmans policy, I have now started to think about doing a Batman of my own, but I'm thinking more of the Adam West style, because I always love, I love the gray and the blue. Mm. Takes less uh, body padding for, for that type well, of look, too. You don't, and yeah. you don't need a damn suit of armor that takes, you know, 20 minutes to get into and you can't drive a car in. So, yes, no. that's... How, that's, how that's, else are you going to do the bat unless you got some flexibility? Well, we exactly. Know. Yeah, if you can't turn your head. Yes. Like, yes, exactly. So, anyway. Well, that is it for the intro of the show. But we now need to check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So, without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. We're ready for some news, Madam Webb, and hopefully you brought us some hot takes this week. We had heard, though, that your news sources are now starting to charge you for their news sources. So we got this covered, Charlie. They're raising their fees, so we're going to have to cut them a check very soon. Mm, you know what? When when the free press becomes expensive, that's when I'm cashing in my chips. Look, we're moving to Russia with Black Widow. What do you think? All right. Sounds sounds like a plan. Oh, well, the first story is very cool. And this is a continuation of the fact that DC is just really they've fully embraced the animated um, telling of their stories. Um, And this has gone on for I don't know how many years. I mean, at least 11 years that we've gotten animated takes on their classic stories. And we are getting a new one. Uh, We're getting the Long Halloween, which is a classic uh, done by Jeff Lebb and Tim Sale. They were uh, a team that did many, many comic collaborations throughout the years. But this was really their first one that really stood out. Um, This story is all about uh, tracking a year in the life of Batman, different crimes and things. Basically, he's in full detective mode, um, and he's basically going through the different holidays and seasons uh, in a full year look uh, in Gotham, uh, teaming up with uh, villains and not teaming up with them, but facing villains. And uh, lots of characters are it's just a really iconic story. Uh, I definitely need to read it. Um, I have never read it, but we are getting the animated version of this. And it's very cool because we're getting one supernatural jensen ackles is voicing batman he voiced red hood previously right Uh, right yeah we've got naya rivera who passed away from glee as catwoman we've got josh dumel as harvey dent 
uh, Titus Welliver as Carmen Falcone, David Delmachian playing uh, the Calendar Man, and Troy Baker as the Joker. And isn't David Delmachian Polka Dot Man in su- the new Suicide Squad film? He is indeed. Look at that. He is a he is a double Z grade Batman villain threat. That is impressive. <laughs> This is pretty cool. I, I don't know how long uh, when they don't have a release date or anything for this. And mm-hmm. the good news is these will be coming to HBO Max if you own the service too. So um, you can either get it when it launches or you can wait and it will be out there. And apparently they are splitting. Oh, sorry, they are splitting this into two volumes. The first one arrives is arriving sometime this summer. So at, at a minimum, we should have the um, service probably by or this this specific movie part one by the fall to watch. So um, takes on this gentleman. Awesome. Like more more stuff on HBO Max is is great. The cast seems really really good. So I'm I'm like I've always kind of dug the the animated movies, but as of lately they've kind of been like mm, not so great. So I'm I'm you know I, I love HBO Max. This coming onto the service excites me. But uh you know I'm gonna watch it either way. But I just hope it it delivers because you know usually DC animated stuff has been pretty high quality, but lately it's just a, Kind of hit or miss with me. I don't know. You know, I um of the Batman stories, obviously this is a huge one. Um, I feel like I've read it, but I don't necessarily recall a, a ton of details. But I know that it's really highly regarded. What was the creative team that originally published the book? Was it someone someone famous, someone reputable? Was it uh, yeah, Jeff Lubb and Tim Sale? Yeah, so it's like yeah, it's like the top top shelf talent. So yeah, how could this not be awesome? So yeah, I'm totally down. And April and I were just having this conversation after watching the Space Jam trailer that we're going to talk about in a minute here. HBO Max, they've got the corner on the market. They're creating themselves in my esteem to be something that is going to build in viewership that won't go away. People who are continuing to subscribe because they're always delivering something new. Mm. Uh, on on a variety of different stuff, and even for people like me who's like, I want to watch Star Trek for the 40,000th time, which I actually do because I do a podcast on Star Trek where we are currently reviewing older seasons because there aren't any new episodes going on. But still, knowing that there's new content, good content, and I don't have to have 40,000 different services, I can have Disney Plus and HBO Max and, and, and have those kind of be my two primaries. I think that's enormous. And, and to let other things drop away, Netflix is not where it's at for me. Hulu is, isn't really where it's at for me. But if I had to pick two, HBO Plus and, 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 HBO and Disney Max, I was going to call it. <laughs> HBO Max and Disney Plus would probably be the two for me. Hello. And I don't think we, we had mentioned this before, but HBO Max is looking into an ad-supported service, kind of like Peacock or something like that. Um, but they are saying it would be cheaper, obviously, but you would not get day-and-date things. It would be reduced, but you would get the HBO back catalog, and you would get those things eventually at a later date. So um, I, I think that is another entryway for people. If it's you know it's, it's not cheap service, it's $15. So I could see that being a barrier. So if that comes to people, uh, they get that content and that catalog, I think that's a good idea but yeah that's uh, 15 bucks could get be a barrier to a lot of people um but you know uh, what can i say Uh, what we're getting right now from hbo max with uh you know movies launching same day and date it's cheaper than going to the movies so i think that's a a win for everybody Mm -hmm. yeah Absolutely. I love HBO Max. Do we know the the like the subscriber number that they have currently? I thought they said like 20 million. Wow. Already. That's awesome. 
That's and they launched. When did that launch? Was it November? Uh huh. I think it was May of last year, actually. May of last year. Okay, it just seems like it's really picked up steam. Yeah, Yeah. it seems like it's really picked up steam since they made that announcement right in December or early so that everything in 2021 was going to uh, have a mirrored approach with the cinema. So that's just it's just fantastic. So I will will revise the number 38 million. But that's HBO and HBO Max combined. But honestly, if you get HBO, you get HBO Max. Um, And the problem with that was at first it was on Roku (laughs) for the longest time, too. So I think it's on Roku now. Yeah. I think I think that was that was the disconnect for me because I could watch it, but I had to come into the den where I had the PS4 plugged into the TV, and you know it was messing with my cycle. I was gonna say messing with my cycles, which sounds really dirty and weird. I don't have a cycle, um, but but yes, once it was on the Roku in the in the living room, it, it made things easier for my little little peon brain. So, um, but where that might be great for Warner brothers, probably what's not great for Warner brothers uh, is the fact that they're canceling some stuff in the wake of the success of justice league. It looks like the DC EU, as we know it uh, is kind of getting a big trident shoved through the middle of it. Uh, Warner brothers has canceled uh, Ava DuVernay's new gods and James, 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 is it? Yeah. James Wan, James Wan's uh, Aquaman spinoff, the trench. So, yeah, those got the, the axe this week uh, as part of their apparently willingness to lack of willingness to move uh, in a different direction. It sounds like, I mean, they've got a pretty big schedule. It sounds like over the next yeah. couple of years. New Batman, new The Batman with uh, Rob Bat, Bat and Bat. Black Adam, obviously, with The Rock, uh, The Flash. Which is going to be a Flashpoint film? Are we still feeling pretty confident? I think about that's that? what they were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Zatanna, which is awesome, and then Aquaman two, which again continues kind of in the same vector. But then, if you think Flashpoint is moving some things around, that makes it possible for us to have a new Batman. That's not obviously Batflex. So, um, yeah, to me, it just really reaffirms their interest in starting over uh, almost entirely. I mean, I don't know if the, you know, kind of lukewarm, uh, you know, critical success of Wonder Woman 1984 has pushed them off of wanting to pursue things with with that version of the character. Has there been anything about that or am I just kind of spitballing? I don't know. That was a bad movie, so I hope so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't I can't necessarily disagree with you. So um, then, of course, on the streaming front, DC is also uh, over on HBO Plus, of course, uh, looking to engage with John Cena in The Peacemaker, uh, a Batman spinoff about the Gotham City Police Department. Dun, dun, do, 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 do. I'm Batman. Uh, and then uh, a Green Lantern one, which Green Lantern is my thing these days. So I'm fired up. And then Justice League Dark. I'm wondering if that would include Zatanna or not, but. It would be great if it did, because that was her jam. She's part of that squad, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Deadman, uh, Swamp Thing, Constantine, and a few other you know fringe characters that could be a lot of fun. Uh, Blue Devil was one of my – I actually have a statue. I have a little figure of Blue Devil because I'm a big fan of him from the uh, 80s. But uh, it is kind of interesting because this is a change with the, with the new gods and then the trench. I don't think these ha- these projects probably were tracking very strongly with fans, the new gods obviously would would be part of what we saw with uh, Dark Side and, and and Apocalypse, New Genesis, those type of things. It's very much like Eternals slash 
Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of Inhumans in that in that mode, even more like the the the, the gods of Thor and things like that. They have some more colorful and more. I just see characters have actually more personalities than those. But I don't know if anybody's really that excited about, it, especially as if you're going to reboot Dark Side and we're going different place in the Snyderverse. That one probably doesn't make any sense anymore. Uh, the Trench, uh, that was going to be a weird spinoff by James Wan doing some weird things in the Aquaman universe where we're going to go and look at those weird sea creatures. I don't know how that fits in. So Yeah, uh, I, I get it, it. It sounds like a midichlorian level quest of who gives a <laughs> you-know-what. You know what I mean? Like, like how it was purported that what Papa George really wanted to do with the sequel trilogy is make it all about the midichlorians and all this different bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I, the I, Book I, of the Wills or whatever it was called. I, I think we're good. We'll just leave it at that. I think we're good. Yeah, there's a full plate ahead. And I mean, I, I don't know, Joe, you're on Twitter a lot. You've seen the yeah. hashtag restore the Snyderverse thing. Uh, I, and, and I know some people are saying it's it's giving these creators the ability to tell their stories. And, mm-hmm. and I get that. I, I just think the foundation was rocky at best with the Snyderverse. And mm-hmm. I think I think we're going away from that. And I think we we are done because of the the Snyder cut, and I think we're going to get new. We potentially have pieces of that still lay, but maybe because of Flashpoint, we get those same characters, but just in a different setting with less uh, of that that baggage. And I would love to see that there be their forward looking approach. If we're going to keep Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash, I think that'd be a great approach. Yeah, I think DC DC's problem is they don't know what they want to be still, even still, uh, and that they have like two successful characters like Wonder Woman and Aquaman, and seeing you know Wonder Woman eighty four do what it did with that character, I kind of do want that Snyder you know cut back. You know what I mean? I kind of. <laughs> I don't like where they took that character at all, um, nor that movie. Aquaman was was all right; it was decent. Um, but like after watching the Snyder cut and like every like you know me, I've never really given a hoot about it. Uh, and then watching it and absolutely loving it, and I think this this whole you know getting rid of the the new gods and and the trench movie is kind of DC kind of reevaluating it once again of, okay, how do, how can we set this universe right? Um, and respect what maybe some of the things Snyder did right and keeping some things and removing others. So I think there was a strong reception of, of dark side and, and, and some of the, the things in Snyder cut that I think probably they want to keep, and build on the the characters that they have established with Wonder Woman and Flash kind of, yeah, like restarting. T- and, and that means taking the things that, you know, worked and leaving the things that didn't uh, out of it and kind of rebooting the universe that way. Because that's what this universe desperately needs. It's to reboot what it what was um, and, and kind of go forward from there. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, does this reward bad behavior? You know, when it comes to like the restore the Snyderverse, I, I don't think so. Um, I, I, I think it's just, it was a legitimately good movie. You know, this is me. I feel but, you. 
Yeah, we had a mixed bag. I mean, uh, your your good friend Luke Lore was on the podcast. When we talked yeah, about sucks, that, dude. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we know how you feel about Luke. Yeah. You know, so love or hate, more more hate filled filled love. You know, you guys like kind of like I guess you would call it what a breakup. Lots of breakup relationships. <laughs> he just he just sucks. Like, and I'm I'm so sorry he was on the show previously. Yeah, that's oh okay. We we apologize. Yeah, it's a little feud, Charlie. It's they, they but it's they they they, they, they solve that feud every episode of their podcast together. Now I guess yeah. it's, it's a it's it's they they only can get along for like one hour out of the week, but that's okay. Um, you guys, I, you, oh, I, you know, and I wasn't aware you guys do a show together, and you're this you're this big of friends. Absolutely. Yeah, very, yeah, very interesting. Frenemies yeah. is a strong word. Bitter rivals, I like better. But oh, continue. so you're, you're saying when you say it's a strong word, you mean it's not it's not the correct. It, it's strong in a different fashion. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I understand. I, I, yeah, I think, like, go for it. Tom. Oh, I was gonna say one last uh, just word on this one. I think. Um, I, I think what people want and what's really going to happen are completely different now because they have completely different leadership now and they've changed leadership multiple times too. That's a problem. They didn't have a Kevin Feige, but the reason why there's a Kevin Feige is because Kevin Feige did those things with Marvel before they were acquired. It's not like Kevin Feige Feige was brought in after Disney acquired them. Uh, It makes it a little bit easier to have that leverage with Kevin Feige because of his success. Whereas DC, they just haven't had it because they haven't had a consistent scope. They did individual projects. Now really it's, which is kind of interesting to me. Uh, um, uh, Jeff Johns is kind of gone from the creative uh, mindset. Now it's Jim Lee. Jim Lee has a different mindset about what you can do and without characters. And he's kind of the he's the um, Joe Casada type of character that has been mm-hmm. for Marvel into their movies. And Jim Lee is this way. So I, I, that's why I'm thinking we're going to get a different viewpoint with Jim Lee's in his perspective versus where it was before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so more to come. Uh, and then breaking news. Thank you to Joe. Joe, if you want to yeah, take this, tell please. us all about Guys, did you know that Black Widow's coming out July 9th? Because are there's you, a trailer. Are you, are you fucking serious? Oh, my God. Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah. What? I, I did you. not know. I thought it was coming out in May. No, I thought it was coming out in November. So, yeah, we all know Black Widow's coming out July 9th on Disney+. Plus. They released a new trailer, which is kind of like – um. It, it, it's kind of like, you know, Black Widow's history. We see, like, snippets of her in Infinity War, snippets of her uh, in, in the first Avengers movie, and then some truly, you know, into her, like, as a child uh, screenshots or screenshots, uh, uh, shots of her there. Um, this is a very thematical-looking trailer. If that was a word I'm going to use, I'm going to use it. Uh, I, think, I think that sounds fine. Yeah. ton of Michael Bay explosions ton of july 9th don't miss out um and man just the score they used here got me all sorts of hyped for this movie man i'm i'm pumped disney plus is a strange bag because it's kind of opposite to hbo max where every month you're getting a different movie who cares if it's mortal Kombat and it's gonna probably suck it's there and it's kind of (laughs) like premiering where disney's like we don't have a lot but we know the IP so strong you're going to watch. So I like what they've done here where it's like WandaVision for two, two, three months, you know, uh, captain or, or Falcon winter soldier for like a month and a half, the Loki show. And then you get, you know, uh, black widow there for their premiere pay 30 bucks, which gladly I would mm-hmm. <laughs> for this. So yeah, it's cool. And I, I, it, a part of me is like, ah, oh, this does suck that I won't see it in a theater because it's gonna, it's gonna, yeah, I could see this, you know, doing some some major traffic, but yeah, great for Disney Plus and yeah, like, 
you know, the whole thing is even if you don't like yet, yeah, you have to pay extra. I get it because it's a subscription service. Um, it, it goes to what do you what what do you think the audience is willing to pay for it? Obviously, I think the audience is dying to watch an MCU movie and they're going to pay that extra wampum. So, yeah, I'm really excited for Black Widow more so than I've ever been. I think that's the first time anyone has ever said wampum on our show. That is that is a that is a uh, exclusive to yeah. uh, to you that you you have won it over. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. Thank you so much. It, it is interesting. I mean, I, I I'm I'm more jazzed for this movie than it was before. Thank goodness it's not an origin story, but we are getting background on her character and her people that were part of her past told in the in the in the present with some flashbacks um i like this um i think it's going to be really entertaining i think it's going to be you know we're going to have there's as far as i know there's no real superheroes in this there there are basically all spy martial artists things like that although the what is it uh what is it the red oh god i'm red star yeah, red, red red guardian he he has some abilities doesn't he or does he not well you know i don't wouldn't tell you i know a ton about the character but i I get the feeling, as you said, these are all depowered people along the lines of, you know, Hawkeye, Black Widow, you know, Falcon, Winterish. Well, Winterish Soldier has some abilities, but still, yeah. I think it's mostly depowered, you know, what they refer to as costumed athletes in the uh, in the comics. <laughs> yeah, he was apparently Red Guardian was apparently the. Captain America equivalent for the Soviet Union. Whether he's based as has a knockoff uh, super soldier serum or not, I don't know. But yeah, really excited for that guy. Um, and it is interesting, Joe, to your point of the way they're releasing, and it's very different because I think we've heard rumblings that the the, the people at Pixar are kind of mad because it seems like all the Pixar movies are are, are differentially going to um, uh, basically just day and date. And there's no yeah. actually there's no theatrical release for Luca, which is the next Pixar film. It's just going straight to Disney Plus. So it's a it is a weird approach, to be honest. It is. And I think it just goes to the like, what are you willing to pay and what are you not willing to pay? And Disney kind of making making those decisions. And they know if they can get extra money out of Black Widow, they're going to. Because, yeah, like they'll get a lot of new people on the service. But. They already have a hundred million people subscribed to Disney Plus, so they don't need, you know, like they they hit a great number. Now they're like, what if we could get thirty dollars out of a hundred million users? You know, that's what that's what they're seeing. So, to me, yeah, I think Disney's making kind of the right call here. If you're a business, um, and for for us, we don't care because we're so hungry for new content, especially something out of the MCU. That personally, I don't mind paying it. Because I'm so hungry for MCU content, but I think if if this was any other situation, we'd all be pissed off at it. But since we are where we are right now in the state of the world, we're totally fine with it for the most part. So crazy, my yes, God. yeah, absolutely. But for now, Mighty Ducks is on Disney Plus. Watch it. I hear good things. I do too. Do, <laughs> do it now. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. So next we got. Uh, in the words of the reviewer from ABC, we've got a jamming good trailer. Was it oh, Gene Shalit? Was that his name? Yo, yeah. Your, your buddy. Your buddy. Uh, you Gene Shalit loved his puns when he does movie reviews. Uh, John, uh, what, what was his name? John, uh, the guy from SNL. John, Not John, oh, John, John Lovitz? Yes, John Lovitz used to do a great impression of uh, Gene Shout. So, kids, that's that's really old, old ancient uh, uh, history, but go check it out. There's some probably some uh, 
clips out the Regine shout. He's a very funny looking man with a big mustache. Oh, well, uh, moving on, though, uh, we got a trailer for Space Jam, uh, the new legacy, I believe is what it's called. I love that they are going all in with just keeping Space Jam and just, you know, it's not Space Jam 2. So um, we got this. It's basically I wasn't sure when I saw this at first. Um, I thought it was going to was going to be all animated. Was it going to be like the original where it was a mix of like that Roger Rabbit t- technique? And it truly will be a uh, uh, some animation, some live action, some mix as well. So a little bit of all things. And we are getting the Toon Squad versus the Goon Squad starring LeBron James. And what makes this one really looks different after watching the trailer. It looks like they're doing a um player one version where basically they're bringing in the wb catalog of characters as you saw in the trailer with uh you know giant uh what was it the the robot oh god i'm blinking his name oh the iron giant iron giant you saw king kong so this is pretty cool this is going to be on uh in july 16th 2021 hbo max and in theater so once again more content coming. Um, this is one of those things that goes across many different fan bases from the original with MJ, you know, people like the cartoon characters, also LeBron James. So this is like a weird, like multi, multi, uh, you know, target demographic that yeah. I think is going to play out huge. So, um, Joe, you say you've got a long history with the Space Jam franchise. So we we're talking before the show and y'all like, oh, yeah, this movie seems great, blah, blah, blah. And I said, this is how I'm going to make y'all feel old because when I was a young kid, this is what they would play. People that are young like me know this. They'd wheel the TV TV out into a classroom. They put in the VHS because, you know, well, public that, education. That, oh, hold on, hold on. Young uh-huh. like you. Th- this happened when Todd and I were in high school, too. <laughs> give, give me a, you know. Just, yeah, yeah, but like I was in elementary school. Oh, like I was in third, fourth. Christ grade. sakes. Oh, my God. All right, fine. So fine. Pl- please continue. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Pop in the laser disc, the VHS, and um, we'd watch Space Jam. Like that's like if your substitute teacher would come in smoking a cigarette, going, "All right, kids, uh, this is what your teacher wanted you to watch. Uh, watch Space Jam," and we and you just dig it. You're just into it. So I, I got I I have a whole lot of nostalgia here because of public uh, you know education system, uh, but honestly. This this looked freaking awesome, guys. Like, this looked legitimately like a really fun time. And, yeah, there's, like, a ton of people in the background, like, ton of, like, you know, classic characters of, like, all different types of universes colliding into Space Jam. Uh, or or the, what do they call it? I think it's, like, the, the serververse. The serververse with Don Cheadle. With right. Don Cheadle. War Machine. Right. I, yeah, with War Machine. So I'm I'm really I like what I saw here. First, LeBron, surprisingly good actor uh, for uh, like an athlete. Like he was in that one movie um, with oh my god, the guy from Barry, and he was like fantastic in that. Uh, and so like I, I I don't have his like I don't doubt his acting abilities for for a kids kids film uh, definitely. And having like Looney Tunes, that strikes a chord with me. Because that's what I was raised on as a kid was the old classic Looney Tunes uh, uh, cartoons. So having that same cinematic and even like when he's going into the universe, it gives you the little uh, chime when you're watching a Looney Tunes cartoon. Awesome. 
also awesome to see Ryan Coogler's the producer of this. Absolutely. Uh, Black Panther's Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome to see for me as a little Hispanic boy growing up, I'm seeing, uh, you know, I'm seeing a cast of, of, of like, I don't see a white person in here. And that's fucking awesome. <laughs> Sorry for the curse, but like, that's really awesome. Like the kids love the F-bombs, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, the kids do. They love it. They, they so, do yeah. on the, they do on this show because I'm on this show. So knock yourself out. And I get complaints from I know the children. <laughs> I know. And the key okay. point is, you get the complaints. I don't. So I don't care. Also, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm I'm seeing some stuff here. So, uh, yeah, you also got one of the dragons from Game of Thrones. But in one snapshot, you see an Agent Smith looking character and a guy that kind of looks like Morpheus behind him. That's cool. Oh, and and Pennywise is in there as well. Oh so this gosh. movie just looks <laughs> fantastic. It does give me like a like a Ready Player One vibe, but hopefully this movie will be a lot better than that. And and hopefully this movie knows what it is. If it's produced by Ron Coogler, I'm I have faith that he absolutely knows what makes Space Jam tick. Because yeah. I'm 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 excited I'm excited for this movie I'm definitely definitely gonna be watching this day one. Someone had pointed out the uh, what what are the what are the characters from A Clockwork Orange get the guys that yep. uh, they do all the bad they're in it too this is like those are not like, inappropriate characters right? yeah like yeah. very much not <laughs> yeah so they're, they're they're yeah they're digging in deep with some weird shit there's no doubt oh, about my it. goodness yeah we're probably gonna have some like you know well you got Pennywise so we covered the serial killer <laughs> wow good times. God. Yeah. It's all for the kids, like Wu Tang says. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and then lastly, Charlie, uh, oh we my had God. Uh, April 1st. And as always, I didn't see a lot of jokes, but I did see a few for April Fool's Day. So we just wanted to go and talk about some of the ones you saw that were entertaining. You bet. Um, I, I, I saw a couple, and then you, you, you plunked in a couple here, so I'll look at your reference. But I saw the, you know, they love to do this to our Star Trek fans. Paramount okays the Star Trek blank series. So in this case, it was one that kind of punched me in the gut. It was Star Trek Riker. Riker being my favorite character, saying that they would give us a show of his adventures in his first command uh, on the Titan, the, the, the Starship Titan, which happened after the movies ended. So, boo! And then, uh, not surprising, Justice League sequels announced, hashtag, restore the Snyder. Ooh, ooh, somebody's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is that is hurtful. So, Todd, what, what are these, I, without me looking, what are these other two? These well, I'm just gonna say the other two I put here. Uh, yeah. Heinz announced Cravey, which is Crazen Gravy. <laughs> oh, God. No, Joe. Joe, this one's for you. Sanic G Fuel. Did you see I like that? Yeah. I did not see that. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna say something about April Fool's Day. It sucks, and I hate it. Most of the time, <laughs> I just loathe it. Especially this week, which did was not good for Joseph this week. Uh, April Fools usually is just like. I, 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 as a PR person, I, I follow this one PR account and they said something along the lines of like, so it's going to be really interesting to see who nails April fools uh, tomorrow and uh, who has to put out a public apology. <laughs> wow. And that's usually where it lies. But like, you know, these are really fun. I like the Sanic G I, for sure. I have an extra special hatred of April fool's day because when I was graduated from Michigan state in 1999, I got married on that day in a civil ceremony. Uh, I was my, eight years old, Charlie. 
to my first ex-wife uh, in East Lansing, Michigan, which I was graduating from Michigan State. This was a week after the very famous 1999 post-March Madness riots where students rose up and decided to destroy a portion of uh, East Lansing after we bombed out of the final. Was it the final four, Todd? Yeah, I think it was the final four. Yeah. Against Duke. I think Duke, it was we lost to Duke. Uh, so, yeah, and my witnesses were my cousin Rachel and I feel like Steve Borowski was my other witness. Was he still Probably. around at that time? Yeah, there you yeah, go. So, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, we were married for two years. I did get a son out of the deal, but a, a really wretched ex-wife. So I'm not, also not fond of April Fool's Day. Would love to go back and call the mulligan. <laughs> so uh, any year that I remember to, I will, uh, I will, as I did this year, I'll say happy blank anniversary to my first ex-wife. You know, this year I said, thanks for all the misery. Well, maybe you can oh, flashpoint sweet. that very early. Oh, could we really? But, you yeah. know, I, it's funny because I just watched that flashpoint uh, animated movie and that did not end up working out. No, it didn't. She could be, Yeah, she could still be your spouse. That'd be no, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah a, a couple more, though. Uh, Mona Price invented the sit squat desk. So there you go. Um, we have Duolingo's toilet paper, where you can read things on your toilet paper roll. Asp- <laughs> Fluid Master, who makes all of your toilet pro- supply products, came up with the emergency wiping rock. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, boy. Firehouse Subs Meatball of the Month Club, where you get meatballs sent to you, and they're probably not edible by the time you get them. Uh, Jack Link's Jerky Cologne. Uh, mm. Lego Smart Bricks, where they automatically slide out of the way instead of you sta- uh, stepping on them. Um, it's really convenient. Canadian Space Agency Mars Surprise. I didn't nice. know Canada had a, a, a space agency. Bud Light Seltzer Pizza Variety Pack. I want it. Yes. I, I'm, all, I'm all over it. I'm all and over it. It sounds great. V by Velveeta Skincare. <laughs> oh, I'll buy that too. <laughs> God, I love it. Oh, last, last one, though, really. Uh, Green Giant in. <laughs> invented cauliflower peeps oh boy wow that that is that is tough gotta love Mm -hmm. it gotta love it well you know there weren't as many big ones this year i think they just know at this point until we're in a better state just don't just don't fool us because things are going to get wild on the interwebs absolutely don't do it don't do it well excellent well that is it for the news but now it's time for us to go to a brunch gentlemen where we can have mimosas and listen to some horrible cover bands at the geek easy talk nerdy to me talk nerdy to me we're sitting in the geek easy eating our cauliflower peeps and we're going to ask joe what he is nerding out about this week Honest to goodness, when it comes to my entertainment, there's only about one or two things that I have been watching religiously. Actually, three things. But one we're talking about, which is, uh, you know, Kong vs. Godzilla. So I'll, I'll, I'll save that. What I have been nerding out on, guys, my big piece of entertainment, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, and baby! It's the transition it, right there. Yeah, it is such... You know, WandaVision had more conversation about what was happening next, where this one is more, you know what this 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 story is. And it's giving me exactly what I want out of it, which is like every episode, we you give you a little fighting, we give you a little exposition dump, we give you a tease, and then we give you a reveal. This episode very much did the same thing, episode three, and sets up some very good questions that people might be asking themselves. Um, some some you know, is this character good? Is this character bad type of stuff? And the one thing that I, I definitely love what they've done 
so far with Zemo. So no no spoilers there, but I'm really, really digging what they've done with Zemo. And really, Anthony Mackie and, um, oh, God, what's, what's the guy that plays Bucky's name? Uh, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. Their chemistry is just amazing. And there was one close-up shot, too, with, with Sebastian Stan where I'm just like, if you don't do a Luke Skywalker thing with Sebastian Stan mm. soon, I denied it. I'm going to be upset. They need to do it. He he ha- he has the Hamill look. Just do it, damn it. Does he have the Hamill line? <laughs> he could do it. It's Sebastian Stan. So yeah, I'm 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 really pumped. I love 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 this show. It's exactly what I want. It's like give me like Fast and the Furious meets Marvel. This is what this is. At least to me when it comes to like the fist fight action. So, yeah. That's what I've been doing that on. So, Charlie, we also watched it, too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that um, this feels like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. should have been. Yeah. Because this is a big time. series. Big this is not a Marvel yeah. movie. So people say, oh, it's like a Marvel. No, no, it's not. This is not paced like anything like a Marvel movie. Right. Um, and, and it does ha- have a different it, – it does feel a little bit different. I will say, though, they, they do travel to Madripoor. And Madripoor right. is part of Wolverine and, and, and the X-Men, that type of country – why is Madripoor look like it's the U.S.? Like it's like it's like Harlem or something because mm-hmm. there is no Asian people in this place, and it's yeah. it's an Asian place part of the country. I'm like, guys, do you have to they, get that so wrong? They they were it, it was it was just out of frame the whole time, Todd. You, ju- you just you just you I mean, that's where the hand come from. Come on. Right, exactly. And uh, I think if you go a little further south on the peninsula, you get the foot. <laughs> Baby, oh, go south now. of that, you get the Savage Land. There we oh, go. It's right. all over the map. Yeah. Right, um, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, with the characters they brought in, we don't have to spoil it. I mean, it's one of those things where we got some familiar faces and we're mm-hmm. seeing where this is going because all of those threads from Winter Sh- Soldier are really coming back in place. And the repercussions yes. and all those things from that, especially with Zemo. Uh, although I do say, what was the idea of the mask? I know he saw it and he's like, I'm going to wear that. I, I, I know it's in the comics, but I just... It's kind of curious he wore it once, right, and then took it off. Yeah, yeah, that, that was strange. But is he cold? Yes, yes, he's very, yeah. he's very cold. I guess maybe there's like some protection, so like someone hits him in the face, it, yeah, you know, it ruin his complexion. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, Charlie, well, any, really any additional thoughts on it? Um, you know, as I said, this has been my most highly anticipated genre offering certainly here in the first half of the year um and, and it's everything i'm looking for i i'm really waiting for the turn with the john walker character because again this must be like the 10th episode in a row i've mentioned my fondness for the john walker uh, you know the captain run with gruenwald and how he becomes the u.s agent which is is a character that i'm fond of just because he's he's such a dick that you kind of like to watch him and see what dumb thing he does next. And there's a great miniseries going on with him right now where they're, they're taking a lot of chances to just take some cheap shots at him. And it's kind of funny and satirical. But you kind of get some indications in this that he's realizing he's outclassed. He doesn't really have to uh, have what it takes on a power level. So I'm wondering if he's going to win himself a little more motivationally to get his hands on some of this serum 
to power broker to get himself enhanced, and that might turn him into a little bit more of an unstable character, which is what happened in the comics. So that's the thing I'm banking towards. I want to see him get a little bit more unstable, which is going to have to lead to uh, a big showdown at the end of them having to take on not only uh, Carly or Carl, because she, you know, she was gender flipped for the series as the flag smasher in a big showdown, but also possibly John Walker as a you know uh, power imbalanced super soldier. That's kind yeah. of what I'm looking forward to. That that's kind of my that's my end game air quotes as it were mm. for what we're going to see. And again, we're halfway through this series. This was episode three. Oh yes, yeah. six. So things things are going to pick up considerably. I'm sure there's a lot more story to tell. But yeah, that's my big um, my big prediction slash wish list slash headcanon fanfic scenario that I'd like to see this play out is that I'd like to see him be kicking it. Uh, big time when it comes to the end of it. So that that is that is what I'm jazzed up about. Uh, I do have, I do have one more question though. When I think this is probably pretty universal. When somebody says, "Do you know who I am?" You know I, that just puts them in jerk zone right there. Yeah. Well, there's the very famous one that was the I think it was deputy mayor in the city of Detroit, uh, and not remembering her name. Uh, but of course, I'm a Detroit native, and this was back when I lived in Southeast Michigan. Uh, that this deputy mayor, a woman, got pulled over by a Detroit police officer, and she was doing something obviously worthy of getting herself pulled over, and she blared at this poor innocent traffic cop, "Do you know who the f I am?" <laughs> when is that? You're right. When is that? Never worked. When, yeah, when does that ever end up going so great? So, yeah, big yeah, time. Absolutely. And once again, that guy is uh, 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 Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Right. Oh, really? Right. Yep. And I was I was rewatching episode two because uh, we had some company stay overnight. And my friend had not seen episode two, so we watched that first scene where you know they're over the the convoy and he jumps and cap you know jumps down. And I said, "Look, everybody, it's Captain Overbite." <laughs> my brother hates we watch it together he hates the new uh the new captain america he's like and, and so much so like it was ruining the show for him two episodes in, he's like i just don't like him i just hate him why they have to do this and i'm like damn these are the emotions they want you to have they yeah. want you to hate this guy's guts everything you're saying the show's succeeding in that regard you know, so like I'm I, I I like where the show is right now. And uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, Charlie's on the money of of what's ha- going to happen to Mr. Walker as uh, the show progresses, for sure. Yeah, right. just don't attack the guy online. He's playing a character, guys. Yeah, please. Yeah, he's a human being. Let's not be complete morons. So, Charlie, you and I were talking about uh, comics and where they're going. I was actually at a comic book store, and I'll talk about that in a second. But um, you kind of came to a conclusion on where you're headed. I, for your I did, and, it, and, and it's it, it's it's pretty uh, pretty widely documented on this show that that my consumption habits uh, with comics have changed a lot, certainly over the years. Now, I was I was a traditional print comic reader from. It really age six. I started when I got my first comic book at the, mm. you know, at the, the, the local pharmacy in my hometown of Gross Point, Michigan. The Village was the name of the shopping district. But I picked up a copy of the original Marvel Star Wars issue 60, which I have a framed copy of it in, here in my house because it's very special to me. From there, it was Star Wars, then the Indiana Jones uh, comic that Marvel was publishing, then G.I. Joe. That turned into superhero comics when I hit about age 10, Amazing Spider-Man, then the Avengers, Fantastic Four, West Coast Avengers, etc., etc. Star Trek comics, which fell in with my love of Star Trek. Never really um, DC hero comics 
ever really so much at all. It went in waves. I dropped off in college. I, I tuned back in a little bit. Then I went for a long gulf where I didn't do anything. I got some trade paperbacks here and there. Had to sell my comic collection when I was on a little harder times when I got divorced about 12 years ago. And then in 20, I'm going to say 13, I picked it up again. You know, I started it with a few little issues uh, of stuff, you know, from a local comic shop. I would go to, you know, Comic Cons. I would pick up one of those blind bags of like 20, 20 comics for 10 bucks or whatever it is. So, and then I started to build back up and my, my long boxes started to surge. And it, during this time, Marvel in particular, which again, I, I stick largely with Marvel, went to this model where they give you, they, they would, you know, you'd get a print comic, whether it was through a print sub or you'd buy it at a shop. It would have a little tear off digital code in it punch it in and then you can read it on your on your device which it took me a few years to come around to that and I was doing it dual when I finally decided a year or so ago that you know what I'm going to I'm going to just read I'm going to take the code and then the thing goes in the bag and it goes in the box and goes in the box and then it turned into I'm just going to give it away I'm going to give it, I gave it to my friend's kid and she would read it and then I finally got to the point I uh, you know I, Todd knows that I, I I do plasma donation a couple times a week so I was at the place yesterday I was reading a comic on my title I'm looking at unread comics and trying to keep up with comics from the last three or four months that I've acquired and haven't read acquired and haven't read and it finally hit me like an anvil over the head I got to stop doing this you know, is, reading comics has not become fun. It's become a chore. I used to, I used to dedicate like an hour before going to bed to just reading comics and staying up on stuff. And I was doing a reading project on Marvel Unlimited, trying to read, you know, the Avengers run all the way through. And I said, I'm not, you know, and even with the print subs being as cheap as they are, if you subscribe through Midtown and in auto renewal, they're like two bucks and twenty cents each. I'm like, even that is wasted because I'm not doing it my marvel unlimited subscription lapsed but they had cut their um their upload time from six months down to three months so but what i looked is that some of the stuff they've uploaded i have purchased and haven't read which is totally insane zingo there you go zingo so i went through i sent an email to uh customer service at midtown yesterday i said please cancel everything and refund it i got back almost i'm getting back almost a hundred bucks of of Stuff that I put down for a twelve a twelve month sub is twenty three ninety nine each. So I'm going to take that money. I'm going to sign back up to Marvel Unlimited, and I, I'm going to buy yeah I, I I'm going to buy comics I suppose here and there as they interest me. But if I forget to do it, they're going to show up on Marvel Unlimited pretty quickly anyway. And the same thing with the DC uh, Infinite Todd. That's still at six months, but still there are. 50 billion things I haven't read off of that. And I still like to manage things through Comixology. I love Comixology. I have Comixology Unlimited. I use it to, I use it to read stuff that we talk about on all three of our pod, the, the podcasts that I'm on uh, for this network. But this is the big change for me. I haven't been non-book reading in almost a decade. So this is, this is kind of a big thing for me. But I feel like this is the way it's going to be from now on. I feel like this is the final change for me. Honestly, yeah. book learning is overrated. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't like those those words on those pages. They confuse me with all their little squiggles. Right. Exactly. It's like what is what? You know, what what word is what? Like when you say it like seven times, it just it loses its meaning. So like what's even the point, you know? Exactly. Yeah. What yeah. what 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 is what? How soon Who is are that? they trying to impress with those words? Exactly. You're not impressing me. That's that's 
that's you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and I, I totally agree. It, it, I mean, I only, and I'm going to talk about it in a second, but I, I really, yeah, I just, it just feels like it's more of a, your, your pile of shame that just files up. It's like, oh crap, mm-hmm. but you feel like I, I have to keep buying them or get behind, but I'm like, no, you're already behind because you're not reading. So it just, it's, it's a, it's a race nobody will ever win. Comics are monthly; they don't come out once a year. So you do feel like you do uh, have to keep up. So yeah, it's not a bad idea, and those services are very affordable, and it's well worth it. Yeah, with my I hashtag agree. Biden bucks, which he's given me, uh, I'm gonna buy a cheap little tablet. I'm gonna finally invest in Comicsology, and uh, I'm gonna get into this whole like book reading thing and see, see where that brings me. <laughs> My, my, my. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bold new era. I am now 100% digital, and uh, I will actually, because I've got a couple of uh, toy shows coming up, I'm helping a friend uh, sell off a, a collection of Legos and figures and stuff. I'm probably going to roll out some of those long boxes I still have and do, you know, dollar comics, you know, $2 comics, or, you know, buy 10 for a buck or something like that, just to get them the hell out of here, because I don't need them anymore. They're 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 complete, with the exception of comics that no longer exist anywhere except in print form, like the the ongoing adventures of Indiana Jones, the the Marvel series from the '80s that I loved. It exists nowhere else. Yeah. Not in trade paperback form. Not on digital. So those will stay put, and then anything else, will pro- I will probably just get rid of because why? Todd, you and I've had this conversation before. What's going to become of that? You know, in 30, 40, 50 years when we die. Nobody wants my X Men two fifty two. No, no, but yeah, nobody cares anymore. It's all useless. So Absolutely. yeah, that's it for me. So kind of, kind of a big life decision. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I'm in that same mode too. Um, although I do dabble every once in a while, uh, which was yesterday. We, my wife and I, were out yesterday. It was our 20th wedding anniversary. Um, we had just wanted to have a day out. Well, thank you. We wanted to just have a day out, and we didn't yeah. do anything very exciting. Lunch, uh, you know, a restaurant that wasn't packed, so we could be safe. And then we went to our local comic book shop. And my wife is a big fan of just getting new, new issues. She's a writer, so she likes to see what's out there and, and read. So she found some stuff she was interested in. Uh, but myself, I looked. I got that second and third issue of Charlie, that one John Ridley, like premium prestige series that was with Black Lightning. Um, okay. So the second uh, formats have come out. And that's like more of a magazine size. So it's different. And um, I don't know if those are going to be out in DC Universe or DC Universe Unlimited or Infinite anytime soon. So I wanted to get those because I, I think I like that. Plus, I like to support the local comic book shop. So those are the type of things I will buy um, in shop if it's you know unique and different prestige versus just a digital comic, which is just for reading. Um, but um, the one book I wanted to talk about that I did pick up was called Infinite Frontier Number Zero. This is DC's basically next big. Um, rejiggering of their universe after uh, Rebirth. So we had Rebirth, we had a couple of different storylines along the way, and then the one that came out of that that was really big was the Dark Metal, uh, basically, series, which was just kind of over-the-top, crazy chromium covers, but introduced basically... One of the things that happened in Rebirth was basically it it kind of cut off the the gateways into the other... uh, dc earths so but there was a gap in that with called the uh that was called the the source wall mm-hmm. the source wall was basically holding back those other universes or those other earths from coming through uh basically uh, in one of the stories dark side actually was joined into the source wall and basically we thought he was done well they had to actually reopen the source wall because of this threat with the dark knight's metal situation um 
that introduced a character called the Batman who laughs, who's kind of freaky and kind of right. crazy. Totally um, freaky. Yeah, yeah so it's one of those things where introducing these new characters, of which are really becoming iconic. And from that, we did have uh, basically the next stage, and that was DC Future State, which is kind of a one-off saying, this is what the DC Universe could look like in 10 years from now and beyond. And it was kind of more of a one-off. There's four issues, series of those coming out of each character if you're really interested. But this is all leaning into DC Infinite Frontier, which is where it all culminates uh, to where um, they've essentially taken everything back, Charlie. We've had this with DC. It's like, oh, there's going to be this and this and this. They basically said, nope, we're going back. Everything is up for play. There's no like hard lines. Um, and they're revisiting classic characters, classic storylines, blending them. And they even have Superman back in his iconic costume. So I'm I'm very happy that DC is finally stopping to to reinvent everything and just say everything we've ever done is up for grabs. Um, and we're going to embrace and kind of blend some things in ways that really appreciate the heritage of DC. Um, and I like that. We've got green and they basically this issue is um, like 48 pages long, but it's kind of giving you a hint of where each character is going to go. Um, very iconic. The Teen Titans are going to play a big role in this. The Green Lanterns, where we had some of those characters uh, kind of have their focus on where they're going, bringing Ooh. some of the new characters that have been introduced. They show what the Scarecrow is going to look like. He looks kind of really freaky. Um it's just really interesting, and um, yeah, I, I'm very excited. Um, and they just would, touched on everyone across the board. Would that be something that, as a burgeoning Green Lantern, er, that I should reach into, or should I should I hold out until this shows up on DCI? I would wait. I would okay. wait. I think that's the good okay. thing that you can. So I think that's a good thing. This um, actually Infinite Frontier books will start coming out in July. So okay. this is kind of like that's a that's that's plenty of time because I have. It's funny. I, I now have a lot of reading homework for our three shows. I have to, that's one that I'll still have to, I'll still have to get the star Wars books monthly because we talk about that over on Holocron. Uh, we have a, a star Wars green lantern, uh, thing coming up on, uh, on code 47. And then we have, you know, invincible that I'm reading for this show in a couple of weeks. So I do still have homework. So I kind of have to prioritize that homework over other things, but it's nice to not feel that the shame pile is just going to keep crushing down on top of me. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, just something to look forward to. Like I said, it was just one of the things I bought there at the store. Um, and depending on what's out, I, if I see other stories that are kind of in that more prestige format, I will purchase those. But I'm not going to go back into the weekly or monthly comic subscription, like just like you. So, yeah, that's we're in brave new future, gentlemen, and it makes it affordable <laughs> and opens these stories up for everybody because everybody has a tablet or device. It's freedom, baby. Freedom. Not for Joe, for some reason, Joe doesn't, you know, he's too cool and hip. He just has his little pocket calculator computer. And yeah. <laughs> you, gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do, home skill. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, gentlemen, we are going to uh, pair checks, uh, walk away from the Geek Easy, and we're getting on a plane to the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a topic or a game to be entertained. Mutants are ready, Joe. We oh, end up finding out the Thunderdome actually exists in the middle of the Earth. Yep. Where Kong is king. <laughs> yep. <laughs> My goodness. I don't yes. know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> but well, anyway. Joe, well, Joe, we're yeah. going to do the spoiler cast, but because you are so passionate about this, you tell us a little bit about... How we got to Kong versus yes. Vroom, oh my vroom, god! Broom, broom, drive it, son, drive All it. Right. Okay, listen. I watched the Godzilla movies 
so you don't have to. Let's be real, first and foremost. Godzilla with uh, Garrett uh, Garrett Edwards, right? Uh, that 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 directed the first one. Not great, not good. They lied to us. They, we thought Brian Cranston was going to be the 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 star of the show, and it wasn't. It was the lame Quicksilver. But we got the understanding <laughs> that there are titans that walk among us, and that this massive creature called Godzilla might just be our savior. We then skip to Kong, which goes back in time and sets up that there are multiple like titans. And there's teams, it looks like. There's good Titans, there's bad Titans, and there's some Titans that just want to be left alone on an island, and that is Skull Island. Um, We then get, I believe it's the hint here, that Kong and Godzilla have had a blood feud. They don't like each other. They fought before. There was a war. We don't know who won or what happened that caused these two to fight, but they're the last of their kind. Skip to oh actually it's this one it's this one uh godzilla king of the monsters where we have Ghidorah coming down uh which i like that they follow very like true to form uh Ghidorah comes from another world uh another universe and crashes down where godzilla has to go and fight them uh to be to reign as the king of all the monsters uh, and then we have this little, yeah, painting of Kong, Godzilla fighting each other. And that leads to Godzilla vs. King Kong. Oh and my uh, you goodness. might say, that's not a lot of story. That's not a lot of lead up. Gang, it's a bunch of big kaiju fighting each other. We don't need a whole lot of story. We don't need a whole lot of character development here. Big Monkey versus Big Lizard, they're fighting each other. One shall stand, one shall fall. Uh leading into this film guys i don't want to know what your your thoughts are you know i'm having a very hard time uh disagreeing with your assessment and even i said to oxford i'm like dude this is is dumb and he's like he's i'm like you have uh you have a big lizard punching a big monkey and the end the ending is nuts which we'll go on to illustrate that and i'm like when i really disengage and 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 associated within those terms mm-hmm. what 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 isn't to enjoy you know because there's even one johnny said to me says oh boy a big cgi punch up whatever and i'm like eh, well you might be right but i'm like we're watching there's a couple of times where it's like you know godzilla would take a slap at kong he'd go flying and i'd go oh fuck you know or i'd go oh yeah shit, you know i would be like well it's just very 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 visceral you know yeah. i was really i was into it so i'm just like you know why am I why am I grousing about this? This isn't such a bad thing. I don't exactly. have to be I don't have to be such a such a nudnik about this deal. I could just no. uh, I could just kind of let this art flow over me. <laughs> yeah, a lot Charlie, of embrace the dumb fun. Yeah, embrace the, the, the dumb. The dumb. And I like what, that this movie does that. Like, right. real talk. This ain't winning an Oscar. This is this is here for our just dumb entertainment. Turn your brain off. So leading into this, like my favorite movie out of. The, the, the Kongzillaverse is Kong Skull Island. God bless. So I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Uh, it's I'm a stand for Godzilla. I loved it as a kid. That's what me and my mom would bond over. We'd watch all the bad Godzilla movies prior. Um, and so like watching Godzilla vs. Kong, walking into it, they've just done such a great job of humanizing Kong. 
and it's easier to humanize him because you know he is an ape so it's easier to get you know those those uh those facial animations to kind of uh, uh give him character give him emotions but at the same exact time just yeah it, 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 kong felt more like a character and less of like this force that Godzilla is. And I don't think either of the Godzilla movies did a great job of me sympathizing with Godzilla. It's just, we're at the mercy of him and hopefully it's on our side type of deal. So for me, the other reason with Godzilla is the human characters. Oh my God. They just don't make sense. They just that, don't that, make that sense. Is, Nothing they that do makes sense. The weakest link and Tad, you oh, always yeah. had, kind of a similar input about the Transformers movie. It's like, nobody gives a shit about seeing uh, Shia LaBeouf do any damn thing. Yeah, you know, because it's Michael Bay's movie, you want to look at Megan Fox's, you know, butt, tight pair of jeans, yeah. what, but just go away. Let the robots do their thing. Maybe not make them so racist blatantly. Uh, all the, all the, they're just made that way, Charlie. Oh wait. Yeah, oh yeah. Bad. Yeah. I was just, I was just, Oh really? So that, that makes their systemic racism. Programmed racism all right. Is there, not Todd. No. All right. Yes. Programmed racism is not acceptable. I agree. Yeah. And so like when it comes to, when it comes to Godzilla versus Kong, the, the humans in Kong were not just like humanized better, but they had things that actually made sense to do, and the fights with them actually had some sort of stakes. Um, but it, it was it was it was still action packed. So like even when Kong was going and fighting the big kaiju, there were these small monsters that the humans had to fight, and were at the mercy of as well. The, that felt really awesome and fun and with godzilla it's just like we're in this submarine we're chasing godzilla how does this work shut up it's <laughs> it's 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 a whole lot of um really gotta turn your brain off and uh, uh what, what sucks about godzilla i think to put the sh- story short is it's always a whole lot of exposition dumps as to the reasons why these things are happening which is one of the huge problems with uh kong versus godzilla is this is very much a, a Kong movie. He is the protagonist. He's actively doing things. And Godzilla is kind of the villain here up until the very end, um, which is fine. But it's at the same exact time paced like it's a Godzilla movie. All these humans are running around. They're talking to each other. They're explaining why these things are happening. Exposition dump, exposition dump. Even you know the motives of these characters don't make sense. The reason why they're doing things don't necessarily make sense or just are so scrambled and so fast spoken that you don't know what's going on. So one of my big issues with Kong versus Godzilla, again, I'm not expecting, a, a you know, a, the, a perfect movie here, though this is something I've always wanted as a kid, is Millie Bobby Brown, uh, the dad from Into the Spider-Verse, and the kid from Deadpool 2, all their scenes could have just been taken out of the movie, and the movie would have been a little shorter, a little tighter, and a little better. Because none of their acting, none of what they did, to me, actually served a legitimate per- purpose, other than to introduce the villain and introduce the the Doomsday character. And um, that was kind of it. And I felt like you could have done that in a more proactive and um, less time-consuming way. But I will say this. Every Kong scene was good uh, and solid uh, for the most part. There were some, like the the 
the the Spanish chick hashtagged us Hispanics were the most attractive people alive. She was very <laughs> stunning, Ooh. but like she her the, her entrance was bad, and those space Teslas that were flying were bad. Uh, but like other than that, I enjoyed the the Kong scenes with the little girl and Kong so much so that I was like watching this movie. I was I was wishing for man, if only they made another Kong movie before this. I would I want to see why he has this attachment with this small girl. We know why he saved her, but the rest of the tribe died. Um, but I would have loved to see that. I want to like I, I they kind of just set us up of here's Kong. He's in containment for some reason on this island that he had no plans to leave anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's like now we have to move him because there's an Earth inside of our Earth. Um, and somehow inside that Earth's core is a sun. We're not going to talk about it. That lights up this whole world. It's just a lot of stuff is sometimes too dumb to turn your brain off. It's like my brain is already off <laughs> and I'm poking holes at this thing. Right. It's like well, your 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 brain in hibernation mode, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even in hibernation mode, I'm like something's wrong here. Yeah. So all all the vehicles to get us to these fights don't work. Luckily enough, and all the acting is absolutely phoned in. Luckily enough, when you get to the fights, they're freaking awesome. I would have liked one more for sure. But, like, the setup where they're fighting on ships, like, on this helicarrier, you're like, yeah, sure, this helicarrier should sink. But this is fucking cool. This is awesome. Because you are getting, like, a different fight rather than here's a giant city that we're in and we're going to destroy it all. It it is a different setup. And one definitely has an advantage, Godzilla, over the other that is Kong. And you're seeing that play out, which is really cool. Um, At the same exact time, too, the, the last fight scene, which is, like, 30-ish, 35 minutes long is stellar. And the lighting uh, when they're in Hong Kong is beautiful. And Hong Kong's been through enough and that city is absolutely wrecked by the time these two are done fighting. Awesome fight scene there. Absolutely great. You're seeing the the mashup between what happens if Godzilla does and, and, and it's pretty much a level playing field come up against uh, King Kong and who would win. And it is Godzilla at the end of the day. Um, and seeing Mecha Godzilla come out. Guys, that's like, <laughs> that's the closest thing to seeing God. I think I'll ever get to. Oh, really? <laughs> um, I love Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla was my jam. And though I'm not like fond of the design, it's like, at least he's here and it's, he's fucking kicking ass. I don't care how we got here. I don't care that it's it's actually Ghidorah's consciousness in Mechagodzilla. I don't care. That's Mechagodzilla. Though it looks like a Power Rangers you know, uh, Megazord, Azor, I don't yeah. care. I don't care. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> I got you. I got so, you. Honestly, this movie has a ton of problems in it. But the fight sequences aren't that cheap. Yeah, like CG fights, you, you see like one character tackle on onto another one, and that's cut scene, right? Like it's it's kind of there because they don't have a lot of money for these things. This one, they're like, just put money in the fights. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it was still a really good movie, even considering how we got to these things didn't make any sense. Um, 
turning my, my brain off and watching two big kaiju fight each other. Oh, oh. And at the very end, we kind of get to see, like, Kong be the hero still as well. Um, it, it was it was awesome. And I'm still Team Kong. So uh, no shame in that. that. That's me. I'm sorry. I ranted and raved. But oh, no, that's that's good. And I think this that, is a good way. I think we're going to change up our formula a little bit. This, So we're basically all going to give our takes. Uh, and, and Joe, at this point, let's, after your cake, just give us your score. So I think we need a score now from you. And then Charlie will do his, do his score and I'll do mine. Because uh, I, I think this works better in this format. Um, so, Joe, out of um, out of Millie Bobby Browns, how many Millie Bobby Browns would you give this movie? I give it an 11. <laughs> 11 Millie Bobby Browns. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, her performance is so bad. Uh, well, we're not grading this... Millie Bobby Brown. That's, that's not the score. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Like, my brother was right. He's just like, she She does a great nonverbal acting, but like when she starts talking, maybe it's just the American accent. It's just not yeah. there. Um, and maybe because we're used to her being like so nonverbal in, in, in Stranger Things. Nonetheless, I give this movie a solid seven. This is yeah. what exactly what I thought it was going to be with some misgivings here or there. But I got to see Mecha Godzilla in the big screen. I got to see King Kong fight Godzilla on the big screen and it not be puppets. It being CG and not feel, Puppet. you know, cheap, you know. Now, did you did, did did I miss? Did you say earlier that you um did you actually go see this in the theater, or you just said you were using big screen kind no, of? No, no, yeah, figuratively, I did not right. go to the movie theater. I'm not a crazy person anymore. <laughs> yes, a- anymore. This is direct, yeah, yeah. We haven't even, and again, I've mentioned this before, but my wife and I, that was always kind of our stand our standard deal. We'd love to go to the movies, but yeah, we have not been in and during all of this, and we've even though they're open back up again, so. Um, yeah, boy, I, I can't fault anything that you said. And as I had mentioned, uh, I once I disengage from the fact that, of, of even trying to judge this as a motion picture and just judging it as what kind of felt like a, a punch em up video game. Yep. I, I, I think I think that that completely bizarro Superman worlded this deal for me. You know what I mean? So I uh, yeah, I think I think I ended up enjoying I ended up enjoying the last probably 30 minutes of it entirely where the guy, this was a two hour movie almost uh, mm-hmm. that the 90 minutes that preceded that were somewhat irrelevant. That's kind of the best way to describe it. Yeah. Take away the, hu- t- take away the human characters, the relationship with the little girl, the sign language, the, you're right. The, the, the flying Tesla cars and the, even the weird, we're going to middle earth and it's the thing and the, this and that, and just stick me in Tokyo with Godzilla and King Kong having a slug out and a punch up and then bring in the goddamn robot thing and have it wrap up the way it did and just call it a day. Everybody said, and Kong with his shatter axe thing. And it's goddamn, that was hot. It's hot. Yeah, you you know, that was Kong. One of, one of Godzilla's spines, yeah. one of his scales and it yeah. lit up right. every time. That Godzilla was cool. lit up. That was really that was cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Love that. So, Charlie, how many uh, – and I love Joe. You picked 11 because she's 11 on Strange Things. I missed that. So, good catch. Uh, Charlie, uh, score it out of 11, Millie Bobby Browns. I mean, are we saying one is bad and 10 is good? Uh, sure. No, 11 is uh, excellent. Uh, 11 is excellent. Yeah, I um, say that this would be, you know, doing a polar reversal, that this is a 10 for delivering a non-movie movie. There you go. 
Okay. Non-movie movie. I, I get it. Yep. So you, you do have to have a different take on this movie versus comparing it to like Shakespeare or something like that. I would right. say this is this is like the perfect merging of uh, the WWE with their fights. And then you then on the other hand, you have like kind of like their stories. <laughs> so you like you got to get to that. Why the, they want to fight? Well, it's because Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, someone stole his beer. So now they have to fight. Right. That's essentially right. where we're at. It's that level of writing difficulty. Uh, but then that's just like the sequel to like a Godzilla versus Charles Barkley in those commercials that are Nikes. That's what right. I felt like when I was watching them fight in Tokyo. I'm like, this feels like that Nike commercial with Godzilla versus Char- Charles Barkley. So um, I, I liked a lot about this movie in regards just to your point, Joe and, and Charlie. Just it's it's just dumb fun. Just embrace the dumbness. Yeah. Just enjoy the fights. And quite honestly, I was always like curious, like I think a lot of people would, how would Godzilla or Kong even stand up Godzilla? Well, you saw the way Kong fought. He used the terrain. He was sliding through, using his feet, doing these different things. You know, he is a he as you saw in like what was it, 2001: A Space Odyssey? Once a, once a big old gorilla can use a uh, a tool, watch out, world, they're gonna come for us. So that's yeah. what he did. Big axe. And the one cool thing you. that I say I I I I want to say with this movie is the question of like they made Godzilla to be God mode and how would Kong fight? That I love that that is a question raised in the movie itself. It's like. Kong can't beat this guy. Like, like, like we got to protect because, like, yeah, God, Godzilla literally killed an alien thing with three exactly. heads. And and even to see how that fight plays out, yeah, like Kong's very much the underdog, and he is you like like with the 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 laser beam uh, that Godzilla's shooting and destroying all the buildings, and you seeing him duck dip dodge out of it you're seeing that yeah though kong isn't as big as godzilla that actually is is a benefit for him because he is quicker to 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 maneuver so yeah it it was it was really cool how they answered those questions it's just maybe put the same care of like how 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 we're getting this done exactly Yeah, it kind of remind me, Charlie, those those you know famous fights with Spider-Man. You know, he's smaller, but he's quicker, kind of like when he takes right. down the Juggernaut. That type of right. how do you do it? Well, you you have to mix it up and use your abilities against theirs because you can't you know pound well, for pound. It's a totally different fight. My favorite with Spider-Man is how he took out the entire squad of of the X-Men, the Prime X-Men. Oh, uh, I, I, so, I, that fight is so silly. And the in the it was in Secret Wars. It was in a close yeah. space. And oh, yeah. keep moving. Nobody could touch him. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know what was the you know a Hulk could you know snap Captain America in half on his best day, and if he was fighting him with the day with the cold, then Batman could take him out just using strategy. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Strategy. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I tell you, when when you guys talk about the human element of the movie, this is where this movie breaks down completely. Oh my goodness. I mean, the whole Millie Bobby Brown uh, sequence where, oh, I'm going to Japan. And oh, and I, I, it just made no sense out of the blue. She just it's like, I can do whatever I want because I'm an adult. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a dumbass yeah. kid. And if you go to Japan, your dad's also grass. You, they made yeah. a tunnel in California that leads all the way to Japan. Exactly. They made space Was Teslas. It? And you need an energy source to boot Mechagodzilla. And, and you just download that energy source. What are you doing here, gang? What is are we it, doing and how? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it must be it must be unobtainium. That's what it must be. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean the tropes of how do you defeat a computer? You put you put water or liquid down it. That's how you defeat it. Yeah. And the whole thing about needing the um the the skull of Ghidorah to then connect to the neural interface to do that. I'm like, 
why can't he just connect to the robot? Why doesn't he Ghidorah? Is Ghidorah, is Ghidorah the, is that the power source? Is that what I'm missing? And that's why it works. So I just, that it's just like, to your point, there's just the leap of how to get there. Yeah. I just couldn't connect. The way I, 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 the giant skull thing was there has to be a brain in there that they're plugging into. And that's how it's getting to move its body. That's what I was thinking. Sure. Like how to move a tail because like us ape brains, we wouldn't understand a lizard body. So that's how I was able to kind of connect that dot. But like, that's right. And again, Millie Bobby Brown took a, took a space train that only like <laughs> took, it seems like an hour to get to California, to Japan. And and no one else knew about this. Uh, yeah. No and one then, else. Oh, US and, government oh, has no clue. Let's trust a weirdo stranger. Perfect. Yep. Go along for yep. the ride. And then I love at the end. She goes, he saved our lives. I'm like, how did he save your lives? He took children to Japan. <laughs> Didn't actually do anything to save your life. I, I was like, okay, we're there. It was like pointless. Um, and well, the other thing I couldn't figure out, and maybe you guys could help me with this. It's so the world that's in the middle of the the earth that's there defies gravity. All these things. There's this like the trope of you have to bend time to do these things, and that's how you get there. We might not survive. And then Kong just can survive it, no problem. But then he just decides to slide down the hole to get Godzilla. I, I'm just like, what I, is going I, on? There's a hole in Hong Kong that leads to the core of the Earth. Damn. <laughs> there's no more. There's no molten lava. Barely. Kong got about. there no, in five in the minutes. Middle, he jumped. He double jumped. And yeah. he got to Hong Kong. Think yeah. about that. Don't yeah. actually do that. No, no, you cannot think about this stuff. And then the villain. Oh my goodness! It just really, you just you destroy more of the world by because you like oh they're at risk. No, Godzilla was doing his own thing. Kong was doing his own thing. You decided like you're just going to destroy everything. And man, this villain. Whew, whew. All and he says of oh it. shit. And he says oh shit. I'm like come on. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. So this movie was like doing its own thing. Um, I did like Rebecca Hall. I did like Rebecca Hall and the little girl of the two things. Everybody else, Skarsgård doing his Skarsgård things. Does he (laughs) really have a beard in one scene? Why did he have a beard in just one scene? Because you know, when you're poor and you're an out of work guy, you have to grow a beard. (laughs) Oh, you can't afford it. Um, I can't afford it. Is he a Scars Guardian of the Galaxy? I don't know. Sorry, I had to find a way to stick in a quip at some level. He was so pointless. And then he all of a sudden he knew how to fly this awesome ship out of the blue. Yeah, oh, why not? I like off. it. Way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know if there's anything more to say about this. I enjoyed the fight scenes. It was really cool in that instance. I do feel like uh, I think Kong is the better of the series, but like you said, Joe, we only got one standalone. Um, this feels like the BVS, right? <laughs> we got to bring Batman yep. and Kong together, but right. but but um, you know, Batman got the short shrift in that one, or maybe Superman did it, but Kong got got the short short shrift in this. But he was the star of this film, uh, in, in in the best way to put it. So I don't know where they go next. We didn't see any other baby Kongs or anyone riding around in that 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 place that's home. So baby Kong. Yeah. So and we'll see what this does. I don't know. It was a hundred and fifty five million dollar budget. It already made $122 million at the box office in China and other boxes open. So it's it plus what it's doing for HBO Max. I'm assuming they're looking at this as a win, and that's yeah. actually why they pushed out, which makes me mad. They gave a fatality to Mortal Kombat, pushed out a week, so I can't watch it for my birthday. And, oh, no! I'm in the box office, so I'm guessing this is another win for them, plus all the, yeah. that stuff. So it's a different mode that can actually work. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I need to give this a score. So I'm going to say I'm giving this – uh, a 5.5 out of 11 Millie Browns, Millie Bobby Browns, because her accent and just 
Yeah, kids just um, doing wacky hijinks, plus the right. weird like sidekick guy who was a hacker who really wasn't. Just ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> it, 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 it was so forgettable. I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Well, let's yeah, we've all forgotten. We've all forgotten it by now. Oh, well, well, that is it, folks. Watch the movie. Have some fun, but don't spend money if you don't have to. Um, okay. Just have a good time. Let, yeah. let it be done. Yeah, and the guy who made this is making Thundercats next, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, boy. Thunderific. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, that's going to about wrap it up. But before we do, I'm stealing Todd's thunder. Joe, tell yeah. us a little bit about how we're going to find you out there on the socials, please. Well, you can find me over on Twitter at Mr. Badbit. You can find my show on Twitter as well at PS Trophy Room. And the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, is a podcast surrounding all things PlayStation news each and every Thursday, usually, where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest on all things PlayStation. Um, yeah, follow us there on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher now. Tune in as well. Um, wherever you get your RSS feeds, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the trophy room there. Uh, this week I was joined by a, a very, very, uh, very amazing human being by the name of Sean Capri. Uh, and we talk about all things PlayStation also for him, how it correlates to Xbox as well. So go check that out. If you're big into the gaming verse, uh, yeah, there you go. The trophy room. Very exciting. Well, Cool. Friends, thank you, as always, for joining us. We are, of course, a part of the very exciting Secret Friends Unite podcasting network, uh, encompassing this wonderful program, General Geek Culture, the co-op mode, Todd plus Mark Carabin, the Canardian, talking about video games bi-weekly. Code 47 is myself, plus Rich and Aaron talking about Star Trek every Monday. And then lastly, uh, bi-weekly on Wednesdays, you catch the Holocron Chronicles. That would be myself and Mark the Canardian talking about Star Wars. You can find us wherever podcasting services are available. Todd also mirrors all of our shows over on YouTube as he is the Grandmaster Flash producer of our network. Uh, like, subscribe, leave a review wherever it is that you take those in and there's even a chance you might get some love on the show. Of course, you can find us over on Twitter at SecretFriendsU. Hit us up. Let us know something you're enjoying, uh, something that you like, something uh, that you have a thought about the show or pose us a question we will talk about that on our programs finally we do have an awesome uh merchandise store over at t public if you like uh t-shirts hoodies uh stickers notebooks wall art pillows coffee tumblers all kinds of fun stuff uh go there shop early shop often they actually have a nice little sale window coming up uh the week after you'll be listening to this on april uh 14 uh 15 and 16 todd just in time for your birthday Absolutely. Uh, that you can get yourself some secret friend swag uh proceeds to the store do actually benefit the secret friends unite network of podcasts and our plans to expand things so we thank you for your support uh, so one more time, thank you, of course, for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. The show was a jamming success. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right.